0: Start. I actually had a dream last night that I kept fucking this up, so I'm <laughs> sure that I'm going to just manifest that. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hello, and welcome to the Hey, You Got This podcast. My name is Lizzie, and I am one of your co-hosts.
1: And my name is Stacia, and I am your other co-host, and we are your <laughs> friends in all things... I can't do it, Lizzie. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys, for some reason, saying wellness
0: weirdness is so hard. The pressure is real. The pressure is real. We should have made, I think I was the one who came up with this idea and I should have made us an easier
1: tagline. We are your friends in all things wellness weirdness. Thank you, Lizzie. I will always just send it over to you. (laughs) look of sheer terror on our faces when we get to that part. Yeah, I definitely need to rehearse that one a few times and then maybe I'll have a little bit more confidence. Anyways, today, my friends, we are talking about (laughs) toxic positivity. And I'm excited to tackle this. I was thinking about it and the original toxic positivity was like, don't worry be happy <laughs> like yes. how that oh has God, so yeah. evolved and whatever else and uh... I think it was even, wasn't it you that posted about Rachel Hollis? Has she been in some like, is she toxic positivity or is she just like something else terrible? (laughs) She's a lot of things
0: also. Actually, I should have said this. So Stacia and I record on Mondays. Before we record, we're always like, what did you do this weekend? And Stacia, I have like fallen into this really weird corner of YouTube that's all like, MLM calls, they record them and then somebody else who's like anti-MLM will like talk about them or share their experience being in an MLM. But a lot of MLMs have Rachel Hollis come and talk to them, like give a presentation at their conference. And so this weekend I watched like um, it felt like a million Rachel Hollis speeches and she is very toxically positive. She told one person if her sister did not believe in her being in an MLM that she should remove her sister, her sister, her blood relative from her life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't ever read any of her books, but I definitely have heard of her and stuff like that. And I don't know. That just came to me as I was speaking. I was like, is she one of them? She is very <laughs> toxic positivity.
0: I mean, her flavor of toxic positivity, if you will, is like life is hard, but you can do anything you put your mind to, but in a relationship. Really- negative way like you know she talks about like staying up all night to run on the treadmill and like I was able to make my business work I just watched a ton of YouTube videos it's very shame based which we're going to talk about is like kind of the problem with toxic positivity Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. yeah and also her thing is that she plagiarizes a lot from other people just like straight up plagiarizing like she could share a britney spears lyric like my loneliness is killing me and she would just quote it as herself and it's like everybody knows that that's not you rachel everybody knows that that's britney spears but she's she's really big on doing that, so.
1: Amazing. So speaking of toxic positivity, <laughs> I would love to know what you, I know you looked up some different definitions, just for our audience who may not be familiar with the term or whatever. Let's just define it before we begin. Yeah,
0: I have a couple different examples that I thought were really helpful because I had definitely heard the term before. And I remember when I heard it, I was like oh, this makes sense, but hearing it explained by a doctor was really, really helpful for me. So toxic positivity is the assumption either by yourself or put on you by other people that despite your emotional pain or difficult situation, that you should only have a positive mindset or positive vibes. And this is explained by Dr. Jamie Zuckerman, who is a clinical psychologist who specializes in, among other things, anxiety disorders and self-esteem. So knows what they're talking about. And then I found one more definition that I wanted to share, which is we define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective keyword overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience which i really liked that definition a lot. The first one does a good job just explaining what it is. I thought the second definition did a really good job
1: explaining like the impact that it has on people. Mhm. I think that i really liked both of those cuz together they make a beautiful definition and i feel like really sum up why it can be so problematic to be preaching from a place of, like, you should always just be happy. Yeah. And as somebody who, like, has avoided most negative emotions her entire life, it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't
0: work. And it's not helpful at all. Like It's not a positive coping mechanism. Wow, why did I say that in such a weird way? It's not a positive coping mechanism because as I was reading, and Stacia and I are also reading Brene Brown right now, who's like the queen of shame, it just you try so hard and the station, I'm sure you have some great personal anecdotes you can share with us, but you're trying so hard to be positive and you still feel terrible. So, so then it just makes you feel worse. And then you feel like you're not trying hard enough, which is actually something that Rachel Hollis has gotten a lot of like yep. negative attention for is making women feel that way. But it's this vicious negative cycle and it's, energy draining, it's not productive, and it's not healthy.
1: And I think of like often if say you have a friend or a loved one who's feeling down or upset, I think our automatic reaction is to always like try and cheer them up, or let's just make them happy. Don't worry about those things like there's so much good and that As humans, we don't feel comfortable in those negative emotions. So we try to get out of them really quickly. And if we see someone hurting, we obviously don't want them to be hurting. So we are like, well, let's just figure out a way to be happy about it. And it's like actually holding space for someone in their negative emotions is far more effectual than trying to get them out of it. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's not ideal to... uh, what's the word i'm trying to think of not like like ruminate in it for too long like we don't want to be stuck in the negative in emotion episode, and have yeah. it like take over our lives but at the same time we are definitely not meant to just 100% be positive happy people right. all the
0: time <laughs> the only way out is through that is a quote that i came up with myself mm. <laughs> Just kidding. That was me making fun of Rachel Hollis. I was like, I I feel like I've heard that one before,
1: but like, it's cool.
0: (laughs) No, the only way out is through. I don't know who said it. I'm sure it was like Mark Twain or someone amazing. But yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't, and I've had to learn this the hard way. You can't process hard emotions and hard feelings by avoiding them or by trying to
1: change them into something else. You have to deal with them. Yes. And I think that that's something that Rachel Hollis doesn't do is she tries to be like, oh, just deny those they don't exist and uh, i think that she's like kind of a prime example of someone who like doesn't actually walk the walk Mm -hmm. it's like a fake vulnerability almost when you actually experienced real vulnerability you can like smell that shit from a mile away
0: (laughs) oh so true and i do think i was thinking about this a lot as i was preparing for this last night but i think part of toxic positivity might have originated in that mindset of like fake it till you make it, because I do think there's some validity there, right? Like you and I didn't know what we were doing when we started a podcast. We watched some YouTube videos and then we were like, we just have to start and like act Mm -hmm. like we know what we're doing. But then I think it gets taken to the extreme. So when is the first time you remember, Stacia, I was thinking about this last night. When is the first time you remember like hearing about positive? toxic positivity and like understanding what it was
1: honestly I don't I, <laughs> I don't have like a distinct memory of it I, if anything it's definitely more of a recent development yeah and I I mean again I feel like I've become more familiar with terms like this over the past few years as I've, as I've started to like do actual work on do myself work, yeah. and yep yeah, doing my work you know and uh man I wish I had a good example give me a second fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I it's nothing. okay. You don't have to have one. I,
0: I don't remember the exact moment I for myself, but I do remember hearing the definition somewhere and being like, that's what that is. Because in the wellness space and in the fitness space, like toxic positivity is everywhere. And I, you know, I just remember seeing some things and feeling really weird about it, but not being able to describe why not having the language to describe why and I heard the definition of toxic positivity and I was like,
1: Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. It definitely is rampant in the wellness space and kind of everywhere. But again, I feel like the one positive and maybe it's just the echo chambers that I exist in, but I do feel like there's more awareness around topics like this and people are starting to understand that While maybe at one point people thought that type of mindset was helpful, that we're starting to understand that it isn't so helpful. Right.
0: I know. I was thinking about it again as I was prepping for this episode. And sometimes when I really start thinking about this stuff, I get really upset and like angry. I'm like, oh, why were we using toxic positivity? And like, this is such bullshit. And then I had to remind myself, like, Because I I know that I have for sure used toxic positivity before, like on my Instagram account or in conversations with friends. And I just had to remind myself, like, we are all doing the best with what we've got. And now we know better. So we do better. Again, another quote that I came (laughs) up with. Amazing. Beautiful words. Running with with this joke all day. (laughs) But yeah, I think it is one of those things like. Once you are able to recognize it and know why it's, what is the word that I'm looking for? Once you're able to recognize it and understand that it's toxic, you can stop doing it.
1: So I just had a thought pop into my head because I think that There is something really important about how we show up to handle difficult emotions and difficult situations because they are inevitable. And so I think of what would you say is the difference between toxic positivity and gratitude? Ooh, Stacia, that is like one million dollar question. Cause I feel like that's the important distinction is that like you can (sighs) have positive feelings, around difficult situations and that's where gratitude comes in but then that where like where's the line when it becomes toxic <laughs> i don't yeah, know the answer <laughs> that's a, such a
0: good question no i'm just thinking about it and i like my my gut response is like you know gratitude is being in a like so for me i use gratitude if i'm in a really shitty spot or having a really shitty day and i'll be like okay like You have your dogs. Like, I'll take a moment and be like, think about what's good. Like, think about some things that you're really thankful for. Or like, last night I did a yoga class and it didn't really go how I wanted it to go. Like, I... My body was just feeling funky and I took a moment and I was like, a year ago, Lizzie, you couldn't do any of this stuff. Like just take a moment to appreciate that. So I think gratitude is like acknowledging that things maybe aren't great, but taking stock of like the good things around you and appreciating the little things. And then I think toxic positivity is like, no matter what, you have to be thankful for all of these things and not acknowledge that anything maybe isn't going well. Like Mm, it's that, mm -hmm. it's that message of like, kids are starving in Africa. So you are going to eat this whole thing and you're going to feel good about it. You know, it's 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 like that type of messaging. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think that that makes sense. I think for me, I think often about like, what motivates us and our inner dialogue. And so I think of like people who are motivated by self-criticism. And so I think that maybe part of toxic positivity was like bore out of uh, trying to go to the opposite extreme of that. Like, oh, I'm not going to like, criticize the shit out of myself to motivate myself. I'm just going to be overly positive about everything to motivate myself. And that neither of those extremes are very helpful. And so with gratitude, like you said, the more we can be grateful for, I think, the little things. Like the other day I was driving and I saw these trees where the leaves were changing color and this tree Mm -hmm. like literally looked on fire. And I was like, "Oh, oh, beautiful. And I was just like, Okay. And it's a gray, rainy day in Seattle, but that tree just brought so much color and life to my day and appreciating things like that, even though I'm like stressed to the gills with this van conversion. And so understanding that like gratitude is helping me to kind of ground and recenter myself in what is good as opposed to focusing on what is bad Like, we obviously do want to fill our lives with positive experiences and feel joy and experience joy, but with toxic positivity, again... We just need to make room for those negative emotions. And I think that gratitude makes space for those to still exist. Cause it's like, I can be stressed out, but also be grateful for the fall leaves. I can be annoyed. I can be angry. And also this. And I think that that's also just another thing of like, these things are all fluid. So the more we can get out of like black and white, either, or, and instead, and (laughs) the better off we are. Yeah. It's like the duality, like
0: you're saying, it's like life is really shitty or this was a terrible day or my van build is taking days longer than I thought it was going to, but at least X, Y, Z, you know, it's not like, I think toxic positivity, like in your situation could be like, you have to have, you've wanted to do this van thing forever. So you have to be positive about it and you're not allowed to be
1: upset. And there are people who don't even have a van, you know, like that would be toxic positivity. That's an excellent description of what it would be. And I feel like sometimes <laughs> I might even fall into that trap. Like uh, this is such a blessing and a gift station. Who are you to complain that it sucks? And it's like, no, it can still suck. Yeah. So
0: that actually leads me into something that I was thinking about. And I'm really curious to hear your opinion on, do you think that there is ever a space or a time where toxic positivity or like, maybe not even toxic positivity, but extreme positivity is productive or necessary. Stacia's like looking up into space. It's very cute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My gut reaction is no, because I think that the more we deny the uncomfortable feelings, the more we deny that shit gets hard and that we like as humans are going to suffer and instead pretend like we don't. Denying your emotions and your feelings is... uh, Never helpful. And I think of any time, like if somebody's grieving a loss, if somebody has lost their job and are like filing bankruptcy, and if somebody is going through a divorce, there is absolutely no need to tell that person that they need to be happier (laughs) or that uh, like, if you just have a positive attitude about this, you're going to suffer less through these really hard traumatic experiences. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I just like, on what planet is that going to actually help somebody or like thinking of children when like parents reprimand them and the child gets upset and they're like, get over it. And it's like, let's just be happy or let's just pretend it didn't happen or let's, and like, No, denying anything does not lead to anything good. (laughs) I'm laughing
0: because what you said is so accurate. And, you know, my mom died, as everyone knows, (laughs) who's listened to the podcast 10 years ago. So 2010- we, station, and I were around twenty years old. So, like, as he, you know, developmentally, I don't think we were as aware. But I also, I also really believe that even ten years ago, like, our language around mental health and everything was mm-hmm. so wildly different. Like, social media just wasn't what it is right now. And I'm laughing because I, when my mom was super sick, and particularly the whole year after she died. I had so much toxic positivity thrown at me that it made me feel like I was insane. Like, it made me feel like I was losing my mind for being sad because people just didn't know, particularly people our age, right? Like, I was in college. It was surrounded by other people in their 20s. Didn't know what to do. And so they thought it was productive to be like, well think of X, Y, Z or like something that's really common. And please don't ever say this. If somebody's loved one dies, like this is just a pro tip for all of you listening, but people would be like, she's in a better place Mm. or she's not in pain anymore. And it was like, yeah, watching her like be in pain and be sick was terrible. But like, I still fucking wish I had a mom, you know? It's like people would say things like that because they think it's helpful and they don't know what to say. And- I have had to work through this a lot in therapy, but just so many people would throw toxic positivity, like blanket statements, because it was coming out of, now I understand, their own discomfort, but it is really common. And people, I'm rereading this book on grief that I love, and she was talking about last night how like people are usually pretty okay and accepting of someone grieving for like six-ish months, and then they're like, okay, Stacia, like, go back to normal now. Like, I'm you're done. I'm ready for you to be done. And so, like, that's, again, when the toxic positivity comes out. And so everything that you said was just, like, so accurate. And it is, like, it's so much more helpful when someone's going through, like, a really hard time. Like, Stacia, you just went through all of these, like, big transitions this year of just being, like, that really sucks. And that's really hard. And I'm here for you then like, well, it could be worse because then you feel bad
1: about like feeling upset about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it really is so important to validate your own feelings and to validate others feelings. But that takes like a significant amount of emotional intelligence, which is Mm -hmm. not something Mm -hmm. that we are often taught or shown. And uh, so I think that our Ability to hold space for negative emotions for ourselves or others is. Definitely something I'm working on developing because I definitely have to catch myself. I had a friend the other day who was like, I'm just so stressed out about everything and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, "Okay, like, how can I hold space for her feelings without trying to change them? Good for you. As opposed to just like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Don't worry about it. And I think that my normal response would have been something like that, where you want to just go to like your automatic... Let's make it okay. But maybe it doesn't need to be made okay. Maybe you can just be like, this does suck and I'm here for you. And you have every right to be stressed out and you have every right to be feeling what you're feeling. And I think so often it's it's difficult to do that and to not try and fix and make things better because that is what we are trained to do. <laughs> totally. Well, and also I have been really
0: like reading a lot about this idea and like talking to my therapist about it but I think it's it's been really helpful is like happiness is not our baseline like as humans we always are like everything needs to be the greatest ever all the time and that's not normal like that's totally unrealistic like your baseline is like neither happy nor sad you know and that is okay we can't be a hundred percent happy all the time but I think like acknowledging and accepting that is important i've seen a lot of toxic positivity this year in particular because it's a dumpster fire like <laughs> i was on twitter the other day and somebody was like i'm gonna it was the what well, was a couple of weeks ago i guess because it was the day rbg died and someone was like i'm just so scared like i'm tired i'm scared i'm overwhelmed and somebody responded and was like don't be overwhelmed. Channel that energy into like political activism. And I was like, God, we see this so much and it's not helpful. Like it's completely invalidating. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's exactly what you were saying earlier, Stacia. It's like, you can be scared. You can be overwhelmed and be politically active. But I think it's really damaging when we're like, don't be upset. Turn this into, you know, action or whatever, because it's like, well, I'm still upset. And my all of this action isn't
1: necessarily making me feel any better. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on my understanding of childhood trauma, when you invalidate a child's experience or when you invalidate a child's feelings, it's extremely traumatizing. It is not helpful. That does more harm than any any amount of good. And so I think that even as adults or whatever stage of development you are in, that when you invalidate somebody's feelings by telling them that they shouldn't feel that way or that they can just get over it is just uh, what? Just no, don't do it.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think especially like this year, 2020, there's been so much of that, like, you know, a lot of people got laid off. And then I would have friends who were like, I am so stressed out, but I'm not laid off. So I don't have any right to be, you know, upset or like, people putting toxic positivity on themselves, which I also think we should talk about. And it's just like, no, this is, everyone's like hard. Everyone's difficult is like their own difficult thing. And they're not, I'm not going to like take my difficult and compare it to yours and be like, oh, well, Stacia's way worse off than me. So I suddenly feel so much better. Like that's not a thing.
1: Yeah, the comparative suffering. Comparative <laughs> suffering,
0: yeah. Stacia sent a really great meme that will, we can just repost it on our account. But yeah, it's, it's not helpful at all so like just don't even don't even do that like you can acknowledge like okay station and station's not having station i'm not trying to say that you're like going through a terrible time <laughs> i'm just using you as an example but it's like I can say, okay, I'm having a hard time. Stacia's having a hard time. I can hold space for her and still acknowledge that I'm having a hard time too. Right. Uh-huh. That's more productive for everybody.
1: Yeah. I feel like the comparative suffering is the evil stepsister of toxic positivity. Where it's, It really is. And it's not helpful either. Like there will always be somebody that's suffering more than you. And there will always be somebody that has it better than you. And comparing yourself in whatever regards is literally the thief of joy you just don't do it either
0: <laughs> totally I remember uh, when my mom died and now I, I can look back and laugh at this but at the time I was like um okay when my mom died uh somebody in my like inner circle was always like but you're a college athlete like so many people want to be a college athlete so like <laughs> you should like just be really excited about that and I was like And this was somebody who, like, he had really wanted to play a sport in college and hadn't been able to. And I was always just like, okay, but how does that make me feel any better? And it was like, he just said it constantly. And so then I felt bad about a, complaining about my dead mom, mm-hmm. B, ever complaining about like a hard practice, because I was like, well, I guess I'm like, so lucky to have this situation. And it's just like,
1: it wasn't helpful. And here I am 10 years later, still thinking about it. So yeah, that's I mean, the examples you have given in regards to like the grief you experience with your mom's passing, is just like, <sighs> uh, those are all incredible examples. And I think <laughs> our listeners and even just me hearing this, I'm like, you, it's such a good representation of why that is so harmful. Yeah,
0: especially when you are, you know, 20. And it's really I was again, so I'm reading this book. It's called Motherless Daughters, which if you are a woman or identify as female and you have lost a mom, no matter what age, it's like all about just how that changes your psychology. And it was talking about how if you're like in your late teens, early 20s, you're still not comfortable like you're not fully developed in your brain. And so you're not comfortable like fully expressing your emotions. You see it as a sign of like, I'm losing control. And so I was, you know, 20 when my mom died. And so I would like very rarely be like, I need you to hold space for me or something. Like I need to cry. And then when I would, I was often met with like this really toxic positivity from other 20 year olds. Cause they didn't know what to do either. They were like, I'm just trying to party. I'm just trying to like go on my 21 run. <laughs> but it was, it was so common. And the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, it's really terrible that this thing happened. But also the response that I got was like pretty awful. Um, and it is like what you're saying, Stacia, it's so many just like classic textbook examples of toxic positivity. And so I think it's just a reminder for all of us to be super, super mindful and to be hyper aware of our words, because I know that there are all of these people who said things to me 10 years ago who have no idea that it's still like rattling in my brain. You know, I'm still like thinking about it. And I think that's also a takeaway from toxic positivity is like you might think what you're saying is helpful or that you're like kind of dismissing the conversation. But when you say something that's toxically positive to someone who's going through a really hard time, they are probably going to like be processing that for a really, really long time and have really complicated emotions attached to it. I feel like, Stacia, the industry that you and I are in is like kind of where toxic positivity really took
1: off. (laughs) It's just thriving in this environment. It is (laughs) booming.
0: So I'm wondering if you have any like thoughts, commentary, examples just about toxic positivity in the fitness and wellness space, because I feel like it is everywhere.
1: I think that it comes down to... As always, being mindful of what you consume and what you're surrounding yourself with in your environment. And if you notice that there's a message that maybe seems positive, yet it makes you feel bad about yourself afterwards, that like maybe examine that and see if that's a you thing or if that's a toxic positivity thing. And I think so often it's also challenging with toxic positivity because. You can associate it with negative things if you aren't positive, like complacency or like you should be able to like overcome this. And like, yes, we want to build resiliency and we want to build all these really awesome characteristics through the trying times but i also think that i lost my turn of thought i'll get it back um
0: it's okay Stacia. just keep going <laughs>
1: <laughs> my brain don't work today Let's see. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's a monday well and i think so you just brought up a point that i do sort of like want to dive into is like i do think there is some validity to like Not toxic positivity, (laughs) obviously, because, like, inherently it's toxic. But I do think sometimes there is some validity to, like, extreme positivity. Like, for example, I coach teenage girls. Sometimes athletics are just hard. Like, there's no way around it. It sucks. Learning something new and getting in shape sucks. It's hard. It's vulnerable. It's overwhelming. And I was just reflecting on my coaching as we were preparing for this episode. And I was like, yeah, sometimes I am just like, we're going to put a smile on our face and we're just going to do it. And then you'll never have to do this for the first time ever again. And I was like, just thinking, I was like, is that, you know, toxic positivity? And then I was like, you know, there are some things in certain situations where I'm like, if I were taking the time to hold space for all of these girls and be like, I know this is so hard. Do you want to talk about like nothing would ever get done? And no one would ever like progress Mm -hmm. within their own development. And so it's, it's a very fine line. Like you're saying between gratitude and toxic positivity or like encouragement and toxic positivity, encouragement and like, Hey, you got this. You can do this. I believe in you. But yeah, I think it's that line of acknowledging, like building a business, building a podcast, building a van of like, this is really hard. This sucks. But like, I still can do it. But making sure like you're saying, Stacia, that you're still acknowledging the hard stuff. And so I think also that's where sometimes people get stuck in this loop of toxic positivity to themselves and to other people is they have been like encouraging themselves or encouraging other people and they've seen success and then you get burnt out or whatever. And then it just like keeps going going
1: yeah and you're telling yourself this should be easy or I should be able to do this and you like get into a lot of shoulds with toxic positivity like I should be feeling happier or I should mm-hmm. and it's like okay but what are you feeling what where are you at as opposed to what should you be feeling or where should you be at and I think with toxic positivity you do get stuck into the like shooting all over yourself <laughs> yeah stop shitting on
0: yourself We have talked a lot about toxic, like imposing toxic positivity on others or other people imposing toxic positivity on us. What about self-imposed toxic positivity, Stacia? Like what is your, I'm sure you have some great stories. Like what is your experience with that? And how have you sort of worked through
1: it? How do you call it out when you see it happening? Yeah, I mean, honestly, as a kid, in my household it was not okay to cry it was not an emotion that was acceptable and so i know that for me there like growing up there was a lot of like denying of feelings and emotions and uh, it was certainly not very helpful and i think that for me i think of self criticism as being a motivator but also like the opposite of that would be the toxic positivity where you just try to like positive your way out of any freaking situation <laughs> and it doesn't always like work that you way. That. You just positive your way out. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what the messaging tells you. Like you can just think happy thoughts mm-hmm. and you will never suffer again. And uh, for me... I've come to a place now where I really try to honor my emotions and honor my feelings as they come up for me. And it's definitely a work in progress. But I know as somebody that denied their sadness and denied their anger because these were not acceptable emotions to have... That getting to a place where I'm not just like, oh, I should just be happy all the time. And then just being terribly depressed because I hated myself. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? And it definitely is oh, such a common th- thought. Yeah, in. especially with toxic positivity that's telling you you should be one way and you're not. And so you think there's something inherently wrong with you. And so I'm really grateful now that I'm at a place where I... I'm not motivated by toxic positivity, but I do think that that was for sure something that I thought was acceptable and normal for a majority of my life and uh, definitely imposed it on others. And if I'm imposing it on others, I'm certainly imposing it on myself because we are just big uh, projectors of our own shit onto other people. So, you know, I was all about that. (laughs) You said it, girl. That is so true. But I would love to know your experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, also same thing. I mean, we, my family definitely didn't have the like don't feel emotions thing. But um, as I've discussed, being a number three on the Enneagram, I from a very young age got a lot of praise for being both positive and like productive. Like, yeah, I, off, people often are like, "You're a really upbeat, high energy person," and so then it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy of like. I'm getting praised for that. I have to act like that all the time. And I remember, you know, in high school, when uh, high school just like a dark time. <laughs> like, <laughs> just In
1: general. Yes.
0: Like I re- specifically remember in high school, like sitting in my room and just feeling so depleted and tired and wanting like to take something off my plate, but not feeling like feeling like I have to be this person. I have to be this like, positive, upbeat, energized person. And no one will like me if I am not that person. And like, no one expects me to not be that person. So for me, it was very self-imposed that way. I also am, and I know this about myself. I very much use like humor and energy as a coping mechanism. Like I'm like, I can just like positive vibes myself through this, which As we're talking about, is not productive. So it's definitely something that like I I notice, which is funny because it's our podcast team. Like I always am like, I got this, I can do this, I can do this. And I'm trying to get better about being like, actually, I don't have time for that. Or realistically, I probably can't finish that, you know? And so I think it's something, and I think just like everybody, when you're young, you really like tap into things that people are saying about you and the feedback you're getting from adults, and then that like really becomes who you are. And then as we get older and your brain is fully developed and more aware, you can start to like work away from it. But I definitely, you know, think that I had some really hard stuff really early on in my life. And I just like was like, I'm just going to be really positive and really upbeat so that everyone will think this is fine. It's normal.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's OK if everything isn't fine. This idea that 100%. we all have to be healthy, we all have to be happy, we all have to do this. And it's like maybe we do don't.
0: don't. (laughs) Yeah, guys, like we don't. I think that's honestly one of the things I know that everyone hates this year, but I kind of love this year because like it's just terrible across the board globally. And so, so many people who I feel like I have never seen let their guard down have just been like, this sucks Mm -hmm. or my mental health is not in a good place. And I feel like people are being so much more upfront with that and it is honestly so refreshing like I I find in my friend groups that we are all so much better at in group texts or whatever just being like I'm having a really shitty day my brain feels sad you know or whatever so I think it that is kind of the good thing about this collective trauma of 2020 is it's making all of us kind of like no one's having a good time. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Just like, why did we get invited to this party? No one's having a good time. Yeah, I don't want to be at this party. I
0: want to go home. I don't want to go home. No Too much time to spent here. there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to go home, but not. I'm like sick of my house. But also, I don't know if this happens to you. But now when I leave my house, I'm like, I want to go home. I hate this. I hate not being here. Like It's like <laughs> this like terrible spiral of I'm like, all I've done this year is be at my house and then I go somewhere else and I'm like my comfort bubble ah!
1: <laughs> absolutely that pretty much sums it up, which is why I'm like, yes, I get to fully embrace my hermitude. I don't know if that's a word, but I made it up. (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts, Stacia, on toxic positivity
0: or, oh, here's a question. If someone like notices toxic positivity, or if you notice someone like putting toxic positivity on you, what are like your quick and dirty
1: tips for being like, "Mm, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good question. That definitely comes down to effective communication, boundaries, all that good stuff. So what comes to mind is it depends on your comfortability with the person. 100%. But it can either be by having a statement at the ready that's like, that's not helpful for me right now. I just need this. So being able to like state a need or a want, you don't need to be like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And or just even if (laughs) if you want to, (laughs) but you can also just something that I do when somebody else has done something that impacts me in a negative way. If I don't necessarily speak up for myself, I have gotten better at affirming myself. So even if it is just something you can say to yourself, that is like, This person may not understand where I'm at, but where I'm at is very valid. And so you may have to validate yourself and you might have to. And again, if you want to speak up for yourself and if it's somebody you care about and you want them to know in the future, like, hey, there's something you could do that would actually be more helpful, like hold space for this right now. I'm not looking for somebody to make it better. So I think that just, again, being mindful of what's going to be best for you. I think that those are two things that I would utilize within my own life when presented with things like that and even honestly awareness is an amazing first step so even if you understand it's that somebody so just said something to you that doesn't make you feel good and you didn't say anything to them and you didn't affirm yourself and you ended up feeling awful afterwards even just starting to make note of those moments you'll start to build up more like proactive things that you can start to do once you start noticing it happening so like if we're at the awareness stage that's such a a good point but I would love to know what you think yeah I mean as you were
0: saying like validating for yourself I was looking at my journal (laughs) because I do think sometimes it's for me like if I have something negative or toxic that I don't feel like comfortable or sometimes you know you get like in your car or whatever or like it'll be a few hours later and you're like Oh, wait, this is what happened. And it's, you're not really in a place to be like, by the way, I'll journal it out and just like really process and validate my feelings. Something I also have found really helpful, especially Stacia, since we've done so much work on understanding like what toxic positivity is and working on our own emotional intelligence is sometimes I'll try to just, like, explain the facts to people. I'll be like, actually, that's not helpful, and here's why, versus just being like, I don't want to hear that right now. I'll try to be like, you know, this is not helpful because you're invalidating my feelings or you're invalidating this other person's feelings, which creates shame, and it's this whole spiral. Because I find that sometimes with certain people, not everyone, of course, is going to be open to it. (laughs) But if I know that it's someone who will be receptive, it's helpful for them to know like the root of why it's not productive. And then it also, I mean, people can't necessarily, I'm not going to say always, but argue with facts when you're like this doesn't this isn't working and here's why versus just like here are my feelings right you're like taking the feelings out of it and being like here are the facts of like psychologically why this doesn't work and I find that that's really really helpful and it usually makes people like stop and think and be like oh I hadn't really thought about it that way like thank you I'm not saying I'm perfect about this I still like Mm -hmm. ruminate over things in my journal all the time but when I'm able to recognize things in the moment and Admittedly, a lot of times it's things on social media that I can like take a moment, think about, and then respond to. I try to like explain a little bit more so that I can educate someone and then they can know better and do better. Next I time. think that's
1: amazing and again it works in cases where logic is accepted which we know politically speaking um there's certain people that don't exactly appreciate logic <laughs> but <laughs> totally. if it, you're listening to this podcast hopefully you are a logical person yeah. and <laughs> but I do think it is
0: it's harder to speak up to people who are like our parents generation and older because I mean, you can teach an old dog new tricks, but it is just like you have more stuff that they have to unlearn. And like, you know, our grandparents generation were like fucking raised on toxic positivity. Just like, well, but at least it's not the depression. You're fine. You know, so I think it's it's hard with certain demographics of people to
1: really like drive that home with them. Hey man well lizzie i would love to know what your yay for the day is okay this is not my yay but i just need to share
0: across the street they're doing construction and i just noticed that the porta potty that's been across the street from our house is knocked over oh no like (laughs) and i'm so curious like it was pretty windy last night like i'm like is this a wind thing or is this like a Halloween prank? I don't know, but it's been making me like chuckle a little bit. I don't know. Like, do I go check it out? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'll send you a photo. It's pretty funny. Um, so that's just been making me smile. And then my yay for the day. Is, I guess I, well, I have been going through Stacia's program. This is week seven. I got a great email from Stacia this morning and I have just really been trying to recommit myself to like movement is a non-negotiable. I often put my own self-care and like my own health on the back burner to get like work things done. And I am like a big proponent of, you know, you're going to be more productive if you take care of yourself. So I I've just been trying to really find a time that I'm like, I have to move my body every day or I have to have these non-negotiables. And it's been really awesome. And then I did a couple like Zumba classes this weekend and it was a blast. I know you love Zumba. Yes, I do. I start dancing Um, now. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) And I just felt like silly and it was fun and I just like giggled at myself last time that I did Zumba I like totally rolled my ankle and this time I didn't so Ooh. that was a
1: huge Yay. win. <laughs> uh. What's your yay for the day, Stacia? My yay for the day is that in spite of wanting to pull out my hair 24-7 with this fan build, that I'm super, super grateful for the people that have like stepped up and been helping me out. And in fact, one of our listeners, Kyla, is helping Mm -hmm. me... With the bed frame and like cabinetry, is that the word for?
0: Kyla, that's so nice of you. My van
1: and like we're going to work on it this weekend together, building out the bed frame. And like I cannot say enough for how good it feels to have help and be willing to accept help because it even is still hard like I want to be like no I have to do this all myself and not because of like a pride thing just like oh I don't want to inconvenience somebody but like oh totally somebody volunteered to help me and it's such a gift and a blessing to have that help and to just have her to shoot like ideas off of as I'm buying different wood for my van. Like, hey, does this one make sense for somebody that's like familiar with working with wood and building things? Cause I am not familiar with any of that. And so I just feel really, really tremendous gratitude for the people that are stepping up to help me throughout this process. Even if it's just little things, my brother helped me the other day a little bit. And my niece was like having fun, like rolling on the sound deadening material, even though it was pretty ineffective what she was doing. I still let her <laughs> pretend like she was helping. <laughs> for sure she will. And you just like
0: kind of brought it backstage. I don't even think you meant to do this, but... I think sometimes with toxic positivity, we tell ourselves that we have to do everything and that you can't ask for help. And I am so proud of you for asking for and accepting help because I think that's a huge thing with just like our generation and the like social media, like anybody
1: can do anything. Or self-made is. millionaire or whatever else. <laughs>
0: yeah, vomit. <laughs> but it does become this like, I can't ask for help. I can't, you know, do anything. I need to learn how to do everything from YouTube or whatever. And I just, I'm really proud of you for asking for and accepting help because I know that's an uncomfortable thing to do.
1: It is hard, but it is definitely worth it, especially in this situation where I'm like, I probably would just give up if I didn't have people supporting me throughout this process. (laughs) Of
0: course. It's a lot. You're building a fucking van, Stacia. That's amazing. Thank you guys so much for being here. Please, please, please continue sharing us with your friends. We are so thankful for that. Please continue leaving us a review if you feel so inclined. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating or whatever you feel like doing. Stacia and I have some... Fun things in the works for you coming soon. And Stacia, do you have anything else you'd like to add?
1: And on the theme of this not being a toxic positive phrase, but just your weekly encouragement, we want to let you know (laughs) that, hey, you got this. You got this.